Blog Talk Radio. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Um, before we get into, uh, you know, uh, talking some wrestling and uh, getting you ready for Monday Night Raw tonight, uh, you know, it's 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 been tough the past few years. I mean, doing this show, uh, you know, this is a funny little wrestling show. We have a good time, and and let's face it, it's, it's pro wrestling, so we try not to take ourselves too seriously. Um, but there have been a lot of shows. Um, the past couple of years where uh we've had to start off with uh uh giving condolences uh making mention of of just uh horrific tragic events that have gone on in the world and uh, unfortunately tonight is again one of those shows and one of those opens um so all of us uh, here at the Kenridi show would express our our deepest condolences and, and well wishes uh, to everyone involved in the tragedies that happened in Paris, France uh, on Friday night. Just uh, absolutely horrific um, violence going on in that city by uh, absolute cowards um, who attack innocents. And uh, it's tragic what happened. And, uh, you know, our wishes are to uh, Paris, France, uh that they they get on the road to recovery and uh you know hopefully uh at some point we can root out the causes of of this unspeakable evil that um we continue to battle in our society but again uh positive wishes uh to France and as uh you know I deliver that message um I will try to make the smooth transition uh to talking pro wrestling and you know what is pro wrestling but it's a distraction it's a fun distraction so uh you know, in this world we live in uh, these days, uh, it's, a, it's a welcome distraction. So uh, let's try to have some fun tonight, uh, talk some pro wrestling, and, and probably take it a little too seriously. Let's have some laughs and uh, have a good time. So uh, you've tuned into the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Check us out on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Uh, right now we have a show chat going on, and that will be on uh, during the run of our show uh, after the show is over, we will have our raw chat that we do each and every week on the Facebook page. So 
Uh, it's, you know, it's in real time. So you're watching Monday Night Raw. You want to discuss uh, opinions on what's going on on Monday Night Raw. We'll hop on over to our Facebook page. Get involved in the conversation. You can check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is at the Ken Reedy Show. So you check us out over there on Twitter. Our website is thekenreedyshow.com. Uh, check out the website. We got uh, blogs. We got some pictures. So we got lots of cool stuff over there on the website. So uh, check out thekenreedyshow.com. You also can listen to us through uh, this wonderfully creative uh, venture we've gotten involved in. All props to King Firehawk, who's, who's uh, really uh, the brains and the brawn behind this uh, operation. He's really gotten it going. But uh, it is a network, 1640 PWPR. You can listen to our show as uh, as well as many other wrestling podcasts. Again, that is 1640 PWPR. Uh, we are over 30,000 listens uh, on the network, which is very exciting. Um, you can listen to it, subscribe on iTunes, uh, and it's real easy. Just 1640 PWPR. Do a search for it on iTunes. When it pops up, you know, click subscribe. You can subscribe for free. And then you got access to all these great podcasts. Uh, and, and it's cool, man, because we got like a lot of shows. We got shows like ours that are uh, primarily fans that are just discussing wrestling. There are actual uh, podcasts on there from wrestlers, like independent wrestlers that are out there on the wrestling scene. We have former wrestlers that have podcasts. That Image guy, Joey Image, has a show. Uh, he used to wrestle a lot on the independent scene in uh, Jersey. Uh, you know, we got we got wrestling. We also have, you know, the cool down with AC does wrestling, but he also does other combat sports like boxing and MMA. So you subscribe to 1640 PWPR. You got a great eclectic group of shows right there. And it's a one-stop shopping. So head on over, get on board with the 1640 PWPR. Lots of stuff to discuss in the world of pro wrestling and uh wouldn't be able to get through without my tag team partner who is on the line from beautiful Connecticut. Let's get him on the line. Dave, how are you doing this evening? It's like an Indian summer here in Connecticut. The past few weeks, it's been, uh, you know, un, unseasonably warm. So uh, I'll, I'll take that any day over a foot of snow canceling a pro wrestling event like it did a certain pro wrestling event here in Connecticut earlier this year. Yeah, it's funny you just said that, man, because it was cool. Like yesterday, uh, you guys don't know, I got to hang, went up to Connecticut, hung out with Dave for a bit, watched some football, and that's exactly what I was thinking of on the way up. Like the last time I was here, I uh, came up to uh, watch the pay-per-view with you guys and then uh, go to Monday Night Raw, and lo and behold, we're like evacuated from the state and state of emergency and all sorts of good stuff. So, yeah, it was it was nice being around uh, in the warm weather. It was it was a good weekend. I had a real good weekend uh Doing the, the independent wrestling thing, um, you know, it's fun, the good, the bad, uh, and independent wrestling, uh, you know, you go around the, the scene, um, and uh, I was actually at House of Hardcore on Friday night, and real good show, I you know, I've always liked House of Hardcore, uh, you know, you had your, uh, your funny matches, you had your spot matches, you had your hardcore matches, you had your pure wrestling matches. I mean, if you're learning the business of pro wrestling or you're learning the sport, you're learning the in-ring aspect of pro wrestling, try and get a hold of Friday night's Austin Aries versus Bobby Roode. It was just, you know, there weren't a lot of spots. It was straightforward pro wrestling. 
Uh, it was a really solid match, but the moves were not overly complicated. It was just how they placed them and where they placed them. They play well off each other. Great match. Um, you know, there's a spot fest in there. Uh, there was a 10-man tag team match featuring Colt Cabana, FBI. That was just a lot of fun, a lot of crazy spots in that, that match as well. Um, it turned out it was the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's uh, passing on that night. Uh, we actually saw Tommy Dreamer pull off a frog splash uh, on EC3, which is pretty incredible. And uh, I, for me, you know, and again, I, I love the history of pro wrestling. And, and uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I just, you start to, as you watch this stuff for, for a long period of time, you, you start to realize how rich the history is uh, as far as pro wrestling goes. And, uh, you know, HOH decided to do a Hall of Fame induction. They inducted uh, Dean Malenko. Uh, deservedly so, into the HOH Hall of Fame in the original uh, ECW arena. And uh, what was kind of cool, and I, and I thought it was a really classy move uh, on Tommy Dreamer's part, and Dreamer gets it. I mean, he does. He gets it. He, you know, he gets the wrestling business. He gets the wrestling sport. Uh, he knows how to book a show. He's, he's very uh, reverent as far as the history of pro wrestling. Um as much as he's a star in his own right, uh, you could see the respect that he has uh, for the wrestling business, for the wrestling sport, for the performers that have got into that squared circle. And, and just being around him, because uh, I'm fortunate enough to do merchandise for HOH um, and seeing him operate, uh, it's incredible to see a man that just uh, has so much respect uh, for the other wrestlers as well as just being a, a sound businessman, a sound booker. And I, I thought it was cool that Dreamer uh, did not advertise that Eddie Guerrero was also going to be inducted into this Hall of Fame. Tommy Dreamer did not uh, use the anniversary of Guerrero's death uh, or the Guerrero name to sell tickets. And I thought that was really classy on his part. Um, just to break it down for you, those of you who didn't see it, and it was really well done, Malenko uh, accepted his induction into the Hall of Fame. And as he was reminiscing about uh, his matches and working with Eddie Guerrero, he basically said, you know, it would only be fitting if uh, the night I go in on this night uh, that Eddie goes in as well. And uh, there was a, you know, a, um, like a, a banner. There's a Hall of Fame banner. There's like a black flag over it. They pulled down the, uh, the curtain, so to speak. And uh, there was uh, another banner for Eddie Guerrero. Uh, getting inducted into the HOH Hall of Fame. So I thought it was a class move by uh, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, it was well done. Uh, it was a surprise, and it was just it was a really cool moment, and I was, I was really uh, proud to be there and, and to see something like that happen. So it was, it was a cool night as far as the world of pro wrestling. And, uh, you know, as we talk about the history of pro wrestling, and uh, this has been definitely a tough year as far as uh, – pro wrestling and, and uh, people that we've lost uh, in the, the industry of pro wrestling. And, you know, we lost another legend uh, this weekend. We lost uh, Nick Bockwinkle, um, you know, and Nick Bockwinkle, definitely a legend, definitely a Hall of Famer, um, you know, had a long standing, uh, you know, quite a, a storied career. And, you know, it's intriguing you know, depending on what you watched or what you grew up with, uh, you know, right now, especially, I feel like a lot of wrestlers, well, I should say a lot of wrestlers, a lot of fans, uh, a lot of people, it seems like Nick Bockwinkle 
is probably most well known for uh, you know losing the AWA championship uh, to Hulk Hogan, and there was politics surrounding uh, the championship, uh, where which essentially caused Hulk Hogan to leave the AWA and um, go to the WWE, where he raised he um, he rose to fame, obviously uh, with Hulkamania in the WWF. But uh, there was so much more. Uh, to Nick Bockwinkel's career than just being known for the guy that was surrounding the, the Hogan controversy, you know, Dave? Well, yeah, I mean, Bockwinkel, um, he's, he he made his mark in the AWA, really, really and truly. His rivalries with Vern Gagne, some of, some of the, the, the best technical wrestling out there, um, you know, a, a very underrated talent in my opinion. I, I look at Nick Bockwinkel, I looked at him then, and I look at him now. Um, in his prime, Nick Bockwinkel reminded me of that guy who was, you know, the the, the, the snobby rich guy at the country club that, that was like the best golfer, and he knew it, and he kind of rubbed it in your face, and he let you know about it. I mean, he was his character was very articulate. He was he had a good vocabulary. He was good on the mic. He was he was crisp in the ring. I mean, he he looked like he looked the part. He played the part. Um, you know, very, like I said, very underrated talent. Um, in the twilight years of his career in the AWA, he helped put talent over. He had a great series of matches with Kurt Henning. He helped put Kurt Henning over and make him uh, eventually get him to, you know, uh, superstar level and help him rise up in the AWA to where eventually Kurt Henning became Mr. Perfect in the, in the WWF. Um, quick little story about Vern Gagne. Well, actually, no, before I get into that story, in my opinion, you mentioned it earlier, he's most famous for losing the title to Hogan and, and Hogan and then eventually starting his huge run in the World Wrestling Federation. In my opinion, if it weren't for the for the outstanding um, heel persona that Nick Bockwinkel portrayed in his rivalry with Hulk Hogan on top of the in-ring work, I don't think that Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania would have been as popular heading into the World Wrestling Federation as big as it was, okay? I mean, Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania began in the AWA. That's where it was, where the, the early stages of the character and the marketing behind the Hulkamania brand began was in the AWA. And, Ver, and I'm sorry, not Vern Gagne. Nick Bockwinkel opposed Hulk Hogan, you know, towards the end of that run with the title. They, they, they traded the belt, I think, a few times, but the finishes got overturned. But Bockwinkel was such a good bad guy that, in my opinion, I don't think Hulkamania would have been as popular beginning in the World Wrestling Federation. I don't think he would have made as big a splash coming to the World Wrestling Federation if it weren't for that rivalry with Nick Bockwinkel. Some people may agree or disagree with me on that, but you go back and you watch the footage of those matches. I mean, Bockwinkel was drawing heat like it was going out of style, and Hogan was just eating it all up. Um, my personal history with, with Nick Bockwinkel, I only met him once, I believe. Yeah, I met him once um, in Detroit the weekend he got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame at uh, the WrestleMania after party. He was very brief, but he was a nice guy, um, very polite. And uh, my first introduction to Nick Bockwinkel was actually through AWA action figures that I had. I had, like, Vern Gagne, the Road Warriors. I think they had the Fabulous Ones, Baron Von Rasky, and Nick Bockwinkel. And I didn't know who he was and then until I had that action figure. Then I had the action figure, and then I'd start watching, and I'd put it together. Oh, that's Nick Bockwinkel. Oh, okay. 
and that's when I started watching the rivalry with him and uh, Kurt Henning on uh, you know AWA television on ESPN in the afternoons. I remember he used to come on at like three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoons on ESPN yeah. uh, in the in the early years of uh, of ESPN, which was pretty cool. Um, and then of course you know Bockwinkel eventually uh, retired and. He disappeared for a while, and I remember him being the commissioner of WCW in the in the in the mid '90s. He was like the the TV figurehead. I think he did some work for them behind the scenes as an agent. As I um, as, I think he worked on the booking committee as well. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'd have to go back and do some more research. But a very underrated talent, and I can only imagine if he was a few years younger, if he would have gotten the opportunity to work during the, the big boom period in, the, in in wrestling when, like, Piper and Hogan and, and, and all the big names started and really put wrestling mainstream on the map. I, I'm always curious as to a guy like him, how he would have fit into that uh, that equation. But very underrated talent, like I said, numerous times. And, uh, you know, God bless. Rest in peace, Nick Bockwinkle. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when you look at guys like that, and, you know, you bring up a good point, a guy that, you know, may very well have had a uh, a real significant hand in, in the building of Hulkamania, uh, which, you know, arguably the, the biggest thing uh, to ever happen in pro wrestling and, uh, you know, one of the unsung heroes. And, and you, know, it, it, you know, as far as that, like, especially, you know, when you look at, like, wrestling today, and you see it, uh, you know, on TV, you know, sometimes you see it a lot on the independent scene. But, um, you know, a guy like, you know, a guy like, you know, Bachwinkle, who is being that heel, like you said, just being hated. And, and the idea, like, if you are a good heel, if you are a good heel, if you actually get psychology, um, you know, don't use it as a punchline, but you actually get it. Your job is to put over the face. If the crowd isn't cheering for the face, then you're not doing your job as a heel. And, and I feel like a lot of times you see heels that, like nowadays, that kind of, you know, kind of want to be pander heels. To the crowd. What was that? They pander to the crowd. Exactly. They pander to the crowd. They don't necessarily want to be a heel. They want to be kind of a face with popular. an edge. You know, they kind popular. of still want to be popular. Uh, you know, they want to... You know, when the crowd sticks their hand out, they want—they don't want to, you know, not high-five someone if they're liking them. They don't want to do that true heel thing. And, and that, that's crappy because that, that really that destroys storytelling. It makes it very difficult for faces to do their job. And, uh, you know, it becomes a lost art form. And, you know, I think the WWE in recent years has started to do a better job. Uh, you know, I think a guy like Rollins really became, uh, you know, kind of that true heel. Um but, you know, I, I, you just see it a lot where these heels, these quote-unquote heels that, that just don't get it, that just don't get the psychology. They think they do. They think they do. They love to use psychology as a punchline, but they don't really get uh, the whole psychology thing. And it just, you know, when a heel is out there and they really don't get it, it can ruin a, an entire storyline. And, you know, when you look like look at a guy like Nick Bockwinkel who – like you said, did that that snobby, you know, best golfer at the club kind of obnoxious character where you just you wa- you hated him. It wasn't even like you loved to hate him. No, you actually did hate him. And uh, you know, he's one of those guys that again, rest in peace. Condolences to his friends and family. Um, but when you look at some of these old school guys as as they pass away, 
uh, it, it's sad because you just see these these guys that really got it, that really really understood the psychology, and uh, it's just sad to see them go. So, again, condolences uh, to all who uh, knew Nick Bockwinkel. And as I, I continue to try and make these awkward transitions uh, on the course of the show, let's get into a little bit of uh, what's going on in the WWE. And you know, tonight, I mean, it's it's. You know, mixed bag. We got a lot of stuff we're talking about. If you want to call in, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. You want to talk Nick Bockwinkle? You have some Bockwinkle stories, a favorite match. By all means, give us a call. We'll talk about that. Uh, but we also have Survivor Series coming up uh, this Sunday, and um, you know we'll be on the air six to eight, previewing uh, Survivor Series, getting you all set. Uh, to watch Survivor Series, and uh, it's it's interesting now, Dave, because as I think about you know Sunday's show, and as I think, all right, let's let's get let's get some stuff down, let's get prepared. Uh, we do our predictions and our uh, you know our, our match by match breakdown. By the way, the most comprehensive wrestling pre-show out there on the market, and my God, we only have one match. That's completely booked for Survivor Series. We have TBA versus TBA uh, for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. We ha- I know we have The Undertaker and Kane uh, that are going to wrestle. That match is booked, but we don't know exactly what two members of the Wyatt family are going to be facing the Brothers of Destruction. So that's not completely booked. So go figure the one match that is actually definitively booked right now that we know the two combatants, Charlotte versus Paige. So um, this should be, I mean, knowing that there's like nothing there, Dave, um, I'm figuring a lot should happen tonight on Monday Night Raw. And, you know, we'd probably get some stuff, some matches booked on SmackDown as well this week. I would hope so. Um, I think a combination of things took place, and, and that's the reason why we're in this predicament, I think. Because of the Rollins injury and rewriting storylines, they had a lot of plans in place, and they really needed to um, put the focus on the championship, which is, you know, the, the really the centerpiece of, of uh, you know, WWE storylines, at least in the main event scene. Um, I think it was, like I said, a combination of that and uh, – I think a combination of I think they're still not sure how they want this tournament to play out. Not necessarily the finish of the tournament and who's going to win, but I think overall matches. Because tonight it was announced, it's announced that the second round matches are taking place. Which after tonight there will only be four, four guys left in the tournament. Do they continue that tournament on SmackDown, or do they go with four guys heading into the pay per view and we have a mini four man the, the the conclusion of the tournament with the final four at Survivor Series. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really not 100% sure. And I think also, too, what transpires from these tournament matches, I think, is what's going to uh, um, turn into maybe one or two classic traditional Survivor Series elimination matches. Um, there's, still, there's still some... I think there's... We'll probably see a definite... Um, match made in terms of the tag team championship tonight. Um, I know that New Day has kind of had something going on with the Usos, but the, the, the Lucha Dragons, they had they, they have stake in a title shot, although Kalisto is in the tournament currently. He's going to face Del Rio tonight, so maybe they'll wait till after. Um, but hopefully tonight and then on SmackDown, we get a clear-cut um, picture as to what the, 
the card looks like. I would I would venture to guess by by Friday or Thursday when SmackDown airs, we'll probably see like four, five matches on the card, and maybe they'll throw an extra one added um, the night of Survivor Series, like on the pre-show. Um, it's it's you know it's ironic we talk about this. And last year, I think we kind of had the same conversation in Survivor Series, if I remember correctly. There were only like four or five matches announced for Survivor Series, and it was that show was really a one match show if you think about it. It was the authority against Team Cena in a traditional Survivor Series match for control of WWE at that time. And that, there was a lot that the, the that pay per view was top heavy in the main event. So the undercard really didn't really have much of an undercard to begin with on that pay per view. So uh, hopefully tonight we get we get some answers. I'm I'm curious as to what route they're going to go with the tournament. They keep saying that the finals conclude. At Survivor Series. So does that mean that we're only going to see the finals between the last two guys for the championship at Survivor Series, and then the, then they'll figure out the rest of the undercard? And as far as the whole Undertaker-Kane situation against the Wyatts, I mean, I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't turned into a Survivor Series match. But then again, they, didn't, they haven't really built up anybody to team with Undertaker and Kane, which kind of leads me to believe if they're going to do two members of the Wyatt family that – I have a feeling Undertaker might stick around even after Survivor Series. And this thing with Wyatt might not be over. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out tonight. But that's my sinking feeling is that this thing is not going to be over after Survivor Series between him and Wyatt, and which also leads me to believe that if that's the case and he's going to stick around even further, now we're talking another month maybe, and this is just all speculation, maybe this is the beginning of his like farewell tour. Maybe he is done after WrestleMania, you know? That's another question that we could talk about at another time, but it's just something that I wanted to bring it, bring to everybody's attention. Yeah, I mean, that's the obvious speculation right now. If Taker's going to be around, um, you know, then maybe, you know, without saying, uh, you know, it's his goodbye tour, it's his, it's his goodbye tour, you know, and uh, uh, it should be interesting to see how that, that all plays out. And, you know, we'll have more than enough time to fantasy book, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see how Taker goes out, being a you know a, a wrestling traditionalist as you hear that he is. Uh, generally, you know, in the grand uh, in the past, most of the time when guys go out, you know, they kind of you know that whole they go out on their shield. So does Taker go out losing? Uh, how does he go out? But uh, I, you know, he looks good. I mean, he looks, uh, you know, he he looks old. I mean, you know, there's no two ways about it. But he's he's doing the Taker thing. It's working, um, you know, being in a tag team with Kane, reuniting the Brothers of Destruction. Um, you know, that's something that's nostalgic, too. So maybe that's part of this quote-unquote goodbye tour, if that, if that is indeed the case. But it uh, remains to be seen. I agree with you, Dave. I thought this was like had the perfect makings of um, a, survivor, a traditional Survivor Series match, which we don't have. So for the love of God, I hope if, if nothing else we get – I mean, we talk so much about this pay-per-view, and, um, you know, it's I would have preferred, personally, and I get it, I will cut the WWE a little bit of slack because they didn't see this injury from with Rollins happening, okay? So I get it. You had to scramble. Um, but if I had my druthers for this, I would have wanted the whole tournament to happen in one night, and maybe you... You know, you stick in matches between rounds just to kind of break up the tournament. Um, but that, that's what I would have liked to have seen. Um, I'm hoping, Dave, I mean, you, you said it, that, you know, maybe they're going to do the final four at the pay-per-view. 
I would hope that I, I like that whole one night tournament feel. So at least if the champion had to wrestle twice in a night, uh, it, it would add at least, at least a little bit of drama to uh, the, the tournament. Um, you know, the way it's been right now, um, and we're going to get into specifics after the break, but the, the tournament has kind of left me a little flat. Um, you know, we're going to crown a new champion, and that that's kind of cool. But, you know, right now, and, and we'll see what happens, but, the, you know, it, it's interesting, Dave, but with the, the tournament has kind of left me a little bit flat. We don't have a lot of stuff booked. We've talked about the lull and creative. You, I mean, look, we're giving them a little, a little bit of a pass with Rollins, but there's the time of year where we see creative kind of dip a little bit, you know, quote, take some time off. Um, you know, we don't have matches booked. We don't have a Survivor Series match booked. Uh, the tournament has left me flat. Um, it, it's really difficult that, and we try we try to stay positive on the show. It's difficult to get excited for this pay-per-view. Well, we're in a different time period, too. I mean, you, we're, you and I are both, you know, traditional wrestling fans, like like a lot of our listeners. And like a lot of people that we encounter and run into, um, you know, at wrestling events, and uh, it's a, like I said, it's a different time frame. WWE, you know, they're you. I guess you could say they're the only game in town. Okay, um, and so their focus is on more subscriptions for this network, and because the network is at a price like nine ninety nine, and most pay-per-views, with the exception of like a WrestleMania or even a SummerSlam um, or a Royal Rumble, most of the pay-per-views are seen as just regular like events on the network. It doesn't have that. I mean, it does, but it doesn't have that big event feel. And they're not they're not catering to a pay-per-view audience anymore. They're trying to get people to shell out their money to get a a ten dollar a month subscription for the network. They're not trying to get people to pay fifty four ninety nine. For a pay-per-view, and I think that's the reason why sometimes half the card or hardly any of the card is booked for for a pay-per-view on the WWE Network because they're not they don't they're not worrying about people paying their hard-earned money on pay-per-view. They're hoping that they get these subscriptions. This is their focus. This is their focal point. They're 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 going at it in this in this route in this manner, similar to how they would 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 go about it when they first got on pay-per-view 25, 30-something years ago and tried to tried to create that formula to stay on pay-per-view. So I think it's a different time period in the business, and their focus is on the network and creating new content for the network, but at the same time, these special events, it's like a, it's like a bonus in a way. For, for, for the network. For me, that's my nine ninety nine right there, is these pay-per-views. For me, as the traditional wrestling fan, that's that's what I pay it for. I mean, the other stuff is great. Don't get me wrong. You notice the original content, the archive footage, all that stuff is great, but I pay that nine ninety nine a month because I watch those pay-per-views, okay? And I don't know about you, but that's that's where I see it, so... Well, yeah, I think for us, it's you're right. It's a, you know we were ordering every pay per view, so you went from like spending fifty dollars a month to spending ten. So yeah, I, I mean, I love the original content too, but that was uh, the motivating factor was, um, you know, cutting my uh, pay per view costs by forty, fifty bucks a, a week, a month. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, you know, again, we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe the WWE will throw some some stuff together and we'll get a kick-ass pay-per-view. But it's just it's an odd place to be when, again, you only have one match definitively, you know, booked for for this pay-per-view. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Uh, we got some quarterfinal matches uh, going on, so we're going to dissect what's going on in the quarterfinals of this tournament, and we want to hear from you. So give us a call. Your thoughts, predictions. Uh, Maybe have some thoughts on how this pay-per-view is going to be booked, um, but we're going to get to your calls after the break because now uh, it is time for the Day 5 50 News Report. Good evening, and welcome to the verbally award-winning edition of the Day 5, where I highlight the top five stories this week in the world of professional wrestling. And this wouldn't be possible without a little help from myself, Ken Reedy Show, and 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network. The new evolution in pro wrestling podcasts can be heard on iTunes. Subscribe to 1640 PWPR for free right now, where you can sample some of the best pro wrestling podcasts going today. Now, without further ado, allow me to enlighten you with some news. Top story this week. With former WWE champion Seth Rollins falling victim to the injury bug recently, storyline shuffling in WWE creative has allegedly been frantic, especially heading into WrestleMania season. Other reports surfacing have refuted claims of WWE creative reshuffling storylines heading into WrestleMania season and going it's going stating that Rollins' injury has had no effect on top main event matches at the Grand Spectacle, which indicates Rollins was not factored into main event plans at WrestleMania 32. Before Rollins' injury, it was rumored that WWE creative had penciled in a match between Rollins and Triple H at WrestleMania 32 as a backup option. Reason being that WWE officials got word that both The Rock and former UFC women's bantamweight champion Ronda Rousey would not be available to wrestle on April 6, 2016. In the case of Rousey, UFC President Dana White publicly stated Rousey would not be wrestling as it jeopardizes her future in MMA. WWE officials hoped at the very least she would have a non-wrestling role in the show but even that option looks to be out the window, as Rousey will be filming a movie out of the country at the time of WrestleMania. In regards to The Rock, it was speculated that he would either face Brock Lesnar or Triple H at the Grand Spectacle. Now reports out state that allegedly, The Rock will be shooting a new movie around early 2016, and executives of the film will not insure him if he wrestles according to the Wrestling Observer. At WrestleMania 29, Rock suffered a groin tear in his match with John Cena, leading to surgery, which then delayed production on his upcoming Hercules film at that time. As of right now, this is all speculation, but WWE officials hope that if he is unable to wrestle, then he will still have a non-wrestling role on the show. Speaking of participation, the Wrestling Observer reports this week that Daniel Bryan is another individual waiting on clearance from a doctor and if he will be able to compete in the WWE ring ever again. It was reported that Brian had sought out a third medical opinion recently in hopes he would be cleared to return to the ring. WWE medical personnel did not clear Brian to return due to his previous history with concussions, which led to Brian seeking a medical opinion from the NFL's Arizona Cardinals physician. That doctor, according to Brian, did clear him and stated Brian had above-average brain activity for an athlete of his age. Brian then publicly stated recently he was seeking a third doctor's opinion in hopes he gets cleared to return to WWE. Rumors out now state 
that WWE Chairman Vince McMahon is going back and forth on the idea of clearing Brian, which leads many to believe that the third physician has already administered their opinion on Brian's future and possibly has cleared him. WWE medical staff have the ultimate final say on if Daniel Bryan will be cleared to return to active competition. The amount of top stars absent from WWE TV, insiders expect that Bryan will be cleared to return to help fill the void of top talent being gone. My third story, PW Insider reports that WWE officials look to be strongly interested in the current Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, the Kingdom. With NXT eventually becoming a full-touring brand in the next few years, officials want to beef up that roster to help with live event ticket sales and with the strong fan base that the Kingdom has with Ring of Honor fans, as well as the independent scene, the duo would be a good addition to the roster. It's unknown if the company is interested in their valet, former WWE diva Maria Kanellis, who is married to Mike Bennett. While on the topic of NXT, it appears as if talks between WWE and WWN, the parent company of Evolve, are moving at a slow pace, and neither side seem to be in a rush to seal a deal. The hot topic on the rumor mill is that if Triple H has his way, NXT will become a full-touring brand in 2017, which means huge growth for the brand in 2016. When the brand does tour full-time, there's talk that WWN will be filling the void by giving some NXT talent bookings in the Florida area for those who may not be ready to tour with the brand full-time. There's also talk that WWE would help WWN cover costs with that particular scenario. As I mentioned earlier, talks are still moving slow, but that's the alleged hope within WWE management at this time. And in our final story this week, some non-WWE news to break things up a bit, as the Wrestling Observer is reporting that the current plan for the upcoming second season of Lucha Underground is to go in a space alien slash supernatural direction for the creative process. The long-term goal is to build one central baby face as your superhero and several monster heels as the villains, which then leads to a movie spinoff. Former WWE diva Molina, real-life girlfriend of former WWE star John Morrison, currently Johnny Mundo on Lucha Underground, has stated publicly that she hopes to be a part of this upcoming second season. There's still no word as of now if Lucha Underground is still working out a deal with former WWE star Rey Mysterio. And that about does it. Thank you all for tuning in to another edition of the Dave Fog, where I give you the real scoops in pro wrestling. You can find a transcript of this report on the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page and the 1640 PWPR Facebook page immediately following the broadcast. While you're there, go vote for the 1640 Greatest Survivor Series Elimination Matches. To vote, you can find the post on the 1640 PWPR Facebook page. And in the comments section, let us know what you think is the Greatest Survivor Series Elimination Match in history. And here are the five nominees. The Warriors, captained by the Ultimate Warrior with the Texas Tornado and the Legion of Doom, taking on the Perfect Team, captained by Mr. Perfect with all three members of Demolition from the 1990 Survivor Series. Hulk Hogan, captaining a team with Paul Orndorff, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, and Bam Bam Bigelow against the team captained by Andre the Giant with Ravishing Rick Rude, The Natural Butchery, King Kong Bundy, and the One Man Gang from the 1987 Survivor Series. Team WWF, captained by The Rock, alongside The Undertaker, Kane, Y2J, Chris Jericho, and The Big Show, taking on Team Alliance, 
captained by Stone Cold Steve Austin, along with Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, and Shane McMahon from the 2001 Survivor Series. Ric Flair captains a team, along with the Warlord, the Mountie, and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, against Roddy Piper's team, as he's joined by Bret the Hitman Hart, Virgil, and the British Bulldog from the 1991 Survivor Series. And the fifth and final nominee, Team Stone Cold, captained by the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, along with the Dudley Boys, Rob Van Dam and Booker T, taking on Team Bischoff, captained by Chris Jericho, along with Randy Orton, Christian, Scott Steiner, and Mark Henry from the Survivor Series 2003. The The winner will be announced live Sunday, November 22nd, on the Ken Reedy Show Survivor Series pregame special. Ken, back to you. Yeah, make sure you get your votes in, man. We gotta figure out what what was the greatest uh, elimination uh, tag match in Survivor Series history. As uh, Survivor Series' book right now, um, <laughs> maybe those are the only traditional Survivor Series matches we'll be talking about on Sunday. So uh, be sure to get your vote in this Sunday. And uh, we're gonna go out to the phones now. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Uh, again, we talked a little bit about Nick Bockwinkle and his career, uh, sadly passing away at the age of 80. Um, you want to talk Bockwinkle? You want to talk a WWE tournament? Uh, you want to talk uh, something out of left field? Because I know, I know there's some of you out there that like to call and bring it from left field. So let's see what happens as we venture out into the phones. And uh, we'll start off with Tony. Tony, how are you doing this evening? All right. How are you guys? We're doing all right. What do you got for us? Well, yeah, I guess we'll stick with the yeah, Survivor Series. I, yeah, like you say, it's. Uh, I would think they're going to do the semis at the, the at the uh, at the Survivor Series too. I mean, it would kind of be weird if they have the, uh, you know, if they have the semifinals of the tournament on a tape show, you know, on SmackDown, which is a tape show. Um, but I, I mean, what I've I've been hearing though is like the finals is going to be. Probably it's going to be uh, Reigns and uh, Ambrose in the finals, and there's been some talk. I don't know if it's, de- it's I don't know if it's you know nothing definite, but there's actual possible talk that Ambrose might actually win the belt and turn heel. Uh, I uh, you know it's not definite, but I'm, that's what I'm here. I don't know that's what I heard before. Uh, but anyway, you know, I think I can say you know my gut says that uh, it's, it's probably going to be it's going to be those two in the finals. I, I you know I'm just saying it's probably gonna, you know so. Uh, yeah, like you say, you know, it's like it's it's, it's yeah, we, Kane and Taker. You know, I, I think you know, it's like we don't even know. You know, I, I I don't know. I just felt like the whole thing started out good, but it's like it's just like instead of going for the traditional Survivor Series match, they, you know, it's going to be just the two of them against two of the Wyatts. We don't even know who. And yeah, I, it's like I don't know. It's kind of kind of kind of sucked the uh, life out of it. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Kinda, you know, you bring up a good point because I think part of the fun, and you know, we even did it on this show and. uh you know, I, I mean, we all do it as wrestling fans. You get into the, the fantasy booking thing. And, uh, you know, I think all of us as fans, like, once we saw how this was playing out, uh, the speculation, you know, started where, all right, it's probably going to be the Wyatts against the Brothers of Destruction. And then the fun part for all of us as fans, are like, wow, you know, it's the Survivor Series pay-per-view. You got the entire Wyatt family on one side. Oh, it, it's got to be. I mean, I, I think most of us are probably, uh, you know, 99% sure that this is going to be a traditional Survivor Series match and start speculating and fantasy booking and who would make a good uh, partner and, and when do they make their entrance and how do they do this and blah, blah, blah. 
And and you're right. I I do think um, as much as I think it's going to be very entertaining, um, I think it's going to be fun. It did take a little bit of the steam out of it when it was just oh, it's uh, it's just a tag match. Yeah, it really did. I mean, it was like a you know, it's like you're saying you know, for Survivor Series, that would have been a perfect setup to have to have to have done that. I don't know, like you say, uh, so uh, to, 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 you know, even having the the only match we know, like you said, is Charlotte versus uh, Paige, for, and that's, I mean, that's really uh, it was kind of this was like really kind of weird, you know, like this is for the, one of their supposed big four. Really, like I say, like I haven't really been feeling feeling the. Uh, Table of bust in this either, you know. Even like I said, even, even like you said, the tournament is kind of is kind of average because you know, like you say, I mean, we got a lot of guys in there. You know, <laughs> you know, we really don't have a chance of winning. I mean, as good as Cesaro is, and as much as I would like to actually see them do that, I don't see. It's like he's going to be facing Roman Reigns, who's the new, you know, who's going to be their new top guy. So I, you know, it's like there's no way that's happening. I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, and then you had you know, like nothing against them, but you had guys like Callisto and Titus O'Neil in there. I mean, they're tag guys. You know, it's like, you know, it's like no one, you know, it's like, you know, it's like no one thinks they're going to go on. And then you got um, Del Rio. I don't know what they're doing with him. That whole Mexican America thing is ridiculous. Uh, and then you know, I guess I don't know if they're going to do him versus Swagger or if they're going to just, I don't know if they're going to like throw together some like, I, I mean, I'm guessing if they're just going to just maybe tonight or SmackDown or. You know, you know, I don't know if, if they're going to have a traditional Survivor Series match. I don't know. You know, just hope it, I hope it's not just throwing, you know, like throwing together like, oh yeah, we got to get this on there too. So we'll just put these five guys against these five or whatever. You know, just do something. You know, so they can even do like bring back the old, you know, like like the first two Survivor Series where they had to, you know, the uh, the team matches. They could do something like that. I think they, I think they got enough teams on the roster where they could do that kind of a match. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, just give, give us something as far as you know, something in the way a traditional tag team. And you bring up, uh, you know, another another good point with the uh, the tournament. I mean, you know, when you look at the tournament, you you know, and I'm not Vegas, and I'm not going to pretend to be, you know, an odds maker. But you're right. I mean, guys like Neville and Callisto, uh, you kind of figure, uh, you know, the odds are slim to none that those guys are going to go and win the tournament. Uh, you know, coming off of uh, you know, not too long ago when Rollins was, was holding two championships. Um, I have a hard time believing they would do that again, which would stack the odds uh, squarely against Owens and Del Rio uh, winning this tournament. Um, so you got Reigns, uh, Reigns and Ambrose said, you know, you would say have a, you know, a decent shot. Cesaro, maybe, because the WWE.com poll, where he won the poll as far as guys you'd want to see win. Um, you know, I guess maybe Ziggler, but you're right. It, it's kind of a weird tournament where you don't have, you know, especially right now in the tournament, a ton of guys that you're looking at like, ooh, I wonder who's going to win. Um, because there's not a lot of guys. I mean, like I said, those four, those first four guys I mentioned, I, I really think there's there's little to no chance that any one of those guys. So you're talking uh, the other four, and you know I I don't know. I, I just still think that for whatever reason, and and maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, McMahon wants us to think this, and then they're gonna pull a fast one. But I just I don't know. I just feel like the WWE is not high on Cesaro. Um, so or do we see uh, something out of left field where some guy. Uh, that we're not expecting to win the tournament wins, and uh, right after the finals are over, we have Sheamus cash in. Um, you know, who knows? But it, it is weird, and you're right. You, you know, bring up that it's it's one of the, the big four, 
the WWE. And, uh, you know, Dave, you'd brought it up earlier that, you know, last year there weren't many matches booked. Um, but, like, we're talking one that's completely booked. I mean, you know, how much how much worse can it get? I mean, is they talk about next year, are we going to get to, like, you know, this point, getting ready for Survivor Series, they're just going to be, like, you know, a, a listing of the matches where it's going to be, you know, eight different TBAs versus TBAs. Um, okay. You know, it, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. So, um, you know, maybe we get a really entertaining Raw tonight, uh, trying to set some stuff up. But uh, um, I don't know. It's just it's a tough pay-per-view to get excited for. Uh, Tony, before I let you go, I'm just curious, you know, uh, you told us who you thought, like how you thought the tournament would play out. Um, if you were putting your fantasy booking hat on, um, who, how would you have the tournament play itself out? Yeah, I don't know. That's really a tricky one, you know, because it's like what you what you'd like to see happen versus what you, do you think is most likely is going to happen is are usually very different. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it's I say you know, like a guy like a Cesaro, I would have you know. I mean, I'm a big fan of his, and Vince doesn't like him because of his, his accent or whatever stupid reason. But you know, I, I gotta say, you know, it's like. I, I would actually see what he could do, maybe put the belt on him. Or, you know, it's like, if, if, or, you know, put it on Kevin Owens, you know, see what he can do. You know, it's like, you know, the, you know I've seen with, you know, I've seen, you know, I've been, uh, I've been watching, you know, like Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen, I saw him, what he can do in Ring of Honor. And he's like, you know, he, he's had some great matches. He's had some great matches on NXT, too. And, you know, his, um, he, he's actually, you were talking about good heels earlier. He's actually one of them. I, I, I was actually, I was thinking of who could heal, but you know, I was like, he, he's actually one of them too. You know, it's like he, you know, he's he's a guy who you know pretty much runs his mouth and you know talks and stuff or whatever. And he's, but you know, he doesn't he does it in a good way. You know, it's like even like when he like gets walks out or gets himself counted out, it's like you know he's he's a, he's the prize fighter. So it's not like he's like he's not like heading for the hills. It's more like he's you know like you say, you know, it's like oh yeah, okay, it's it's not really worthy of it. Like he just kind of walked out because he's like okay, yeah, it's not worth it, whatever. But it's uh. You know, a guy like him, or you know, like I say, a Cesaro, probably one of those two. I mean, even you know, uh, Ambrose with the title, might, you know, I don't know. I've, I heard that, they, like I say, I heard that they might be doing, might be going with that. Uh, that might not be a bad, bad choice either. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, but like I say, it's gonna, it's, it's probably gonna be Reigns versus Ambrose in the finals, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what's, you know, see what happens there. But. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, see, you know, I know that I know they were going to put the belt on Roman Reigns. I don't know. Like I say, I don't know if they're still going to, but I mean, if they're, I don't know. We'll see. Well, it should be a very interesting <laughs> Raw tonight. Good stuff as always, Tony. Give us a call, uh, pay per view night, and uh, uh, we'll see uh, who are in the finals going into the pay per view. All right. All right. Take it easy, brother. And Tony with some good points there. Um, you know, it's interesting, though. I, I mean, you know, and again, when we were talking about Bachwinkle, we were talking about the uh, the true heels and, uh, you know, way too many heels you know, nowadays. Uh, you know, again, they just want to be cool faces, and they wind up going out there and pandering to uh, the crowd and uh, kind of, you know, it's like, uh, I'm going to do bad stuff, but I really, really want you to like me. You know, it's, it's you know, you, you, you just don't get the psychology. But um, he brings up a good point, you know, uh, albeit perhaps uh, close to a lost art form. Uh, you know, Kevin Owens does kind of do uh, the traditional heel thing, although, you know, the uh, the Internet and the, the independent wrestling fan, like, really likes Owens. Um, you know, he doesn't do anything that's uh, uh, very endearing. So he is that true heel. 
Um, you know, I like what Owens does as far as the character goes. But again, like I said, Dave, I, I just don't see them putting the WWE title on him uh, at this juncture. Number one, I don't think he's ready. And number two, I don't think they're going to move in the direction of someone having two belts again. No, I don't think he's going to be crown champion either. And, uh, you know, a point you made about how, you know, Owens being a true heel, I totally agree with you. But I think today's fan views wrestling differently than, than, than what we viewed it as when we were younger. When we were younger, okay, watching wrestling 20-something years ago, maybe even, you know, 30 years ago, we watched because we be- for a time period until we smartened up, we believed it was real, that it wasn't predetermined. And then as we got older, we, want, we, we, we almost, in a sense, as a fan, wanted to believe, you know. Now, fans watch wrestling, and they cheer the heels, and they maybe boo the baby faces, and they give out the reactions that they give out, not because they want to get hooked and they want to believe, but because they want to be entertained. And, and that's where I think the difference is in today's fan base. I don't think it's necessarily the, the performers, per se, that have changed, that, changed that, that, that theory. I think it's the audience that's done that. Because I think the audience, with the advent of the Internet in the mid to late 90s and now with social media and how you could just, get, just about get any kind of information uh, at, 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 the, you know, at your fingertips, I think it's because of the, 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 the viewers itself. Um, but, yeah, I don't see Owens um, walking away with the title. I may disagree on Del Rio, though, because, you know, Del Rio's come in. They, they pushed him right to the moon. I wouldn't say to the moon, but pretty close. They got, they got the rocket ship on him, and they want to make him the next big Latin star um, because they've been desperately needing one since he left and since Mysterio left. I'm not saying he would beat Reigns. I mean, he's got to get, get by Kalisto first, but it wouldn't surprise me if he went farther in this tournament. I mean, hell, if, if I don't know, it that's a, that's that's a dark horse pick for me is Del Rio winning. But I think they they I think they've thought about the possibility about him winning the title just based on uh what he's done since he's returned. And it's been a short period of time. But I kind of I'm I'm going to disagree with Tony and we talked about this on our pre-show and I'll let our listeners listeners in on this, but I I think we're going to see I think we're going to see a couple of curveballs thrown at us. Um, I don't think it's going to be Ambrose and Reigns. I'll just leave it at that. And, I'll, and, and as the rest of the show goes on, and maybe even as we get into Sunday on our pre-show, I'll explain my theory about what could be taking place Sunday at Survivor Series, as well as kind of tying it in with the history of Survivor Series and a certain championship tournament that took place in 1998. I, I'm, and the thing is, and we'll talk about it, I hope there is. I mean, I really do. I hope there is. Uh, when I look at this on paper, uh, to me, it, it's just totally set up for it to be Ambrose versus Reigns. I, I honestly hope there is some sort of curveball, something out of left field, something that uh, we just really don't see coming uh, that, uh, you know, gets gets my interest peaked. Uh, because, like I said, I mean, we're, we're uh, I'm – you know, I'm I'm I just my interest for this this pay per view is is just not there right now. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones. We got Rocky who is on the line. Rocky, how you doing this evening? Doing fine, guys. What's going on? Uh, not much. What do you got for us? 
Well, uh, I, I think you, you brought up a, a lot of uh, interesting points for this pay-per-view, and I'm in definitely in agreement that the excitement level, as it is as it stands right now, is fairly low. Uh, I'm really hoping for a good Raw, and you know, then a good send them home for SmackDown. But they're going to have to really, you know, shoot for the stars if they want to bring the interest level for. And surprising as it is, one of the big four up. Now, uh, going to a couple of points you guys were making as far as the uh, Brothers of Destruction, yeah, I am definitely on board with you. They could have made that a Survivor Series match. The booking is real easy. Um, the question is, who do you get to go with the Brothers of Destruction? And in reality, when you when you think about it, you can either go one of two ways. You got you got to put a team with them that has you know you're going to put old vets with them, and by old vets I'm probably leaning towards the Dudleys, or you can try to bring up a, a team that perhaps they've made the crossover but they've been stagnating, and by saying that, the one team that I I think would go along with maybe the, the the whole dark motif of The Undertaker and Kane was probably The Ascension. Uh, you know, those guys have been languishing. What the heck have they been doing? They've been doing nothing. That might be a tool you use to, you know, to to pull them up, send them to the next level. What do you think? Um, I agree with you personality-wise. It, it would work for The Ascension. I mean, I know they're doing their gig with uh, Stardust. Um it would be a, a uh, like I said, I think it, it would work if you had a tag team like that join them. Um, you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, Finn Balor's name had come up as a guy. Uh, Sting would have been an interesting choice. Uh, who knows how, how he's healthy or not. But, again, I think it was, you know, like, yeah, I mean, another name, the Ascension you bring up. That could have been an interesting uh, grouping right there. But when you you look at, like, all the speculation and fun we had fantasy booking, uh, it winds up being not the case. So I think it's going to be an entertaining match. I just think it not being a traditional Survivor Series match um, is something that kind of took away from it a little bit. And as I'm like, as I'm talking about the Brothers of Destruction, because uh, I I always have my computer up on the uh, the network, uh, the WWE network, uh, just to you know check out the pregame when it starts and whatever. And there. are they are replaying the Undertaker tombstone pile driving a turkey on Jimmy Fallon. So has That's great. We talk in all seriousness about him and the Brothers of the Destruction versus the Wyatts. Uh yes, I'm watching him <laughs> tombstone the turkey. Although, you know, when you talk about like psychology and, and heels pandering and then different aspects of the business. Uh, it was kind of cool to see Taker out there just maintaining kayfabe. I mean, he didn't break character at all. Uh, he almost half thought that he was going to grab Fallon and uh, stone him as well. But it was definitely good stuff. Dave, I'm curious your thoughts on what Rocky said on uh, the Ascension or uh, potential other partners if they went in the Survivor Series, uh, traditional Survivor Series route. I was thinking the Dudleys because they've kind of disappeared since Hell in the South, the rivalry with New Day. I thought maybe... Um, you know, before the Rollins injury, I thought maybe, like, Kane and Taker would be out of TV longer. The Wyatts kind of lay their path of destruction at the same time while they're taunting Undertaker and Kane. Maybe the Dudleys would have been a part of that, and that's why they would join forces. Um, 
I like the idea of the Ascension possibly joining Undertaker and Kane, but I only like that idea if they were actually doing something of significance on television and they were um, being used properly and not being used as, like, sidekicks to Stardust, um, which I don't mind that role for them now. But if they were, like, if, if they were, like I said, you know, in a, in a, in a significant storyline with a team and, they were being built up to be these, like, road warrior-type guys, you know, and, and kind of mowing through the competition, and maybe they were starting to gain a little bit of a following um, if they changed up some of their routine a little bit. Then and, and then it would have been cool. But if you were to plop the Ascension into a storyline like that now, I think a lot of people would react to that like a fart in church, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> they would be like, what? These guys? Like, the Ascension are going to tag with Undertaker and Kane? Really? What? Like, I mean, at, at this stage right now, if, they, if, if, if everything led to tonight and all of a sudden Undertaker and Kane decide, well, we'd like to make this a Survivor Series match, and here's who we're going to bring out, and then you bring those two guys out, oh, my goodness. Like, I don't think it would go over very well. It's a fair assessment. And as far as the tournament goes, just a, a couple of interesting points that – that I thought of one thing I was definitely surprised at. I was surprised at the upset at the upset that Kalisto got over, uh, um, right back. Right back. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I was really surprised at that and it, it kind of made me wonder. And while we have said before that, you know, in pro wrestling wins and losses don't really matter, but it also does, you know, garner the question. I, I know that they were short on, uh, you know, Latin stars, as Dave brought up uh, the the last Mexican tour. You know, if they're if they're pulling Kalisto up, or if they're shoving right back down, or maybe I'm completely off base. You know, like I said, you know, sometimes wins losses they don't really count. But that I gotta say was surprising. As far as uh, as fantasy booking the the winner of the tournament. I think the question you really have to ask before you do that is, are you going to book a transitional champion or a long-term champion? Because one thing I, can, I could see, and go, go, along with, go along with me on this one, when Rollins comes back, you know, down the line, he's coming back as a face. The, 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 he's going to get a huge crowd reaction. There's no way that, you know, at least it would be hard for me to see him come back as a heel. That being said, and especially with the reaction that Cesaro gets from the crowd, one instant way to draw heel heat, if just at the end of it, Cesaro is standing there with a the belt, and all of a sudden you have a cash-in, and Sheamus, you know, broke kicks, bam, takes the belt. Now you have just set the internet, you know, the internet wrestling community on fire because it was it's you're almost pulled a, a Daniel Bryan. You got him to the big dance. He's holding the belt. He's happy, and all of a sudden, poof, he he just gets wiped out. You you know, one way to draw a, a large amount of heel heat for Sheamus, who let's face it, you know, people they never liked the the, the new look anyway, but he's been working with it. I me personally, I love it, uh, and. I, you know, Sheamus has held onto the belt before. He's proven to be a, a champion. Uh, just one way to set up a good match for later down the line. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good point what you're bringing up. Like, you know, what direction? I mean, yeah, someone could win this tournament and, you know, they, they again, we could have a cash-in. Uh, we could have someone win the title and, and lose the title by the end of the year and then, uh, you know, or, end, you know, lose the title at, at uh, the Rumble and then you have another title holder that takes the belt until WrestleMania. So um, it, it is a fair point that, you know, we're, we're sitting here and uh, – we're talking about the tournament and the importance and who's going to be the guy. Uh, for all we know, this could be a transitional guy. Um, so it remains to be seen. Um, a cash-in, I think, would be great. Again, as we talked about, you know, that idea of, of the true heels and the, the uh, you know, you actually want the crowd to dislike you. You know, you kind of want to go after stuff. And I love the new look with Sheamus. I like what Sheamus brings to the table. His character is just a big bully. Uh, the the look is is ridiculous. He doesn't pander to the crowd. He doesn't try to be a cool heel. He's just a heel, um, and he's not liked. And uh, you know, I I think that's cool. I, I like everything he's bringing to the table. And and you're right. I, I just think if they if they had someone, you know, where, you know, like a guy like Ambrose that uh, uh, the internet just loves, winds up winning the tournament, and Sheamus winds up being the guy to cash in right after the tournament and takes it from him. Um, you know, again, that whole idea of real heat, of, of you know, getting your, your heels, like, really hated, uh, that would be something that would really, I mean, you know, the crowd for the most part doesn't like Sheamus anyway, so, uh, you know, a cash-in on Ambrose immediately after he wins the tournament uh, would, would definitely be something interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, it remains to be seen. I mean, we talk here, and it's, uh, you know... Uh, you know, Dave, you brought up, uh, are we going to get a curveball here? I hope so. I mean, but, you know, at times of the WWE, you start to think that it, it's just going to be predictable and we're going to get uh, the Ambrose versus Reigns that we expect at Survivor Series. Um, I hope we have something out of left field. I hope we have a different final two. I hope we have a cash-in. I hope it's something uh, that, that we're not seeing. But, uh, you know, it's really difficult to, to buy in, especially, I guess, this time of year. You know, I look at WWE Creative and uh, – you know, it's just, I, I, I mean, you know, it's like I have a, you know, my, my confidence kind of wanes with, with creative as it is. And this time of year, it's just that much worse. So uh, it remains to be seen. But uh, it should be fun. And hopefully we get some clarification tonight, uh, you know, where this tournament's going. Maybe we're getting something screwy uh, in tonight's quarterfinal matches. So we'll see what happens. Always a pleasure, Rocky. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Take it easy, man. You too, guys. Take care. All right, bye. So, you know, good stuff from Rocky, uh, you know, looking at stuff. Uh, you know, do we have something coming out of left field? Uh, you know, you brought up something out of left field. Uh, you know, we look at these quarterfinal matches tonight. Um, you know, interesting stuff. Again, I, I do think you look at four guys. Uh, you know, you disagree with me with Del Rio. I don't think we're really going to see him win. Um, I don't even know how much I feel that, that Ziggler really has a legit shot. Um, the intriguing match that I look at, honestly, with uh, – you know, these these uh, eight guys, is Reigns versus Cesaro. Now, this is something interesting that Cesaro, again, won the poll on WWE.com, the guy that the fans want to see win the title. Um, he is a guy also that uh, if you had the uh, Sheamus cash in on Cesaro, uh, the crowd would not be happy at all. Um, you know, so that could be intriguing. Um what I find intriguing about this matchup tonight, Dave, is with the fans, with this groundswell, um, with this uh, grassroots movement that uh, – and you're the first one to bring it up, so I'll give you credit, but that, that kind of uh, 
you know, a little bit of a Daniel Bryan kind of feel. The, uh, you know, you get all the rumors and whether the dirt sheets are correct or not, whether these are rumors the WWE is floating on purpose or not. Uh, the crowd gets the vibe that the WWE is just not behind Cesaro. The crowd likes Cesaro. You're getting this groundswell of support for him. And you know, when you look at a guy like Roman Reigns, who, again, whether it's true or not, but what you're hearing is he is the heir apparent. Um, do they set up Roman Reigns to kind of get booed out of the building tonight if he winds up being victorious over Cesaro? I I don't think so, and it may surprise you, but hear me out. Um, yes, Cesaro is leading in the poll on WWE.com as to who the fans want to see become the next champion, and he has a following. He's He is popular. Um, I don't know what I, – I mean, management I management. from what I understand, from what I've read, and it's all speculation, but management isn't behind him based on the fact they don't feel he has a character. They know bell to bell he can, he can get it done in the ring. Um, but for whatever it is, they feel like he's lacking a character. In fact, to, to prove that point, Ric Flair on his most recent podcast um, made mention of uh, Cesaro. He even said so himself. He's like, he's a good, he's a good hand in the ring. He works hard. He's very talented, but they want him to work on his mic skills. And when, and when he said they, I'm sure, I'm sure he's assuming management in WWE wants Cesaro to work on his mic skills. So I think they have some faith in him, but it's just not all there yet. All the pieces haven't come together. Um, but like I said at the beginning of the statement, I don't think they're painting Roman Reigns in the corner to be booed, and here's why. They're in Greenville, South Carolina, and the South Southern wrestling fans have a tendency to be traditional wrestling fans. You cheer the baby faces, you boo the heels. If you ever watch Raw and it's down South and you, you, you hear a reaction for John Cena, more often than not, it's people cheering him. But you come up North to New York, you come up to Philadelphia, New Jersey, and the Northeast, he's going to get booed, okay, plain and simple. So wrestling fans in the South, in, 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 in Southern wrestling towns, are traditional wrestling fans. Like I said, they cheer the baby face and boo the heel. You've got two baby faces going at it. This is probably going to be a very hard-fought match. If, if anything, Reigns wins this by earning it over Cesaro and, and putting on a kick-ass match and really kind of, letting it be known that, like, he's he's breaking through. Kind of similar to how they positioned his character when he beat Daniel Bryan at the Fastlane pay-per-view uh, back in uh, February. You know, we speculated as to, you know, how that finish would go, and the finish was basically kind of like what we expected, a very back-and-forth, hard-fought, bell-to-bell, ass-kicking match, and he beat Daniel Bryan clean in the middle, one, two, three. If it's that way with Cesaro... I don't think the audience is going to boo him. And I think Cesaro in defeat will still look good. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. And the thing is, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, it's funny with, with pro wrestling because essentially, you know, the, the Internet fan, um, you know, thinks that, that they, they watch wrestling so differently. But in essence, like, it's, it's funny. When we grew up watching wrestling, we rooted for the faces, for the most part, rooted for the faces, booed the heels. We wanted our guy to win. We wanted the face to win. We liked the face. 
Um, you know, I feel like, you know, today's day and age, like you said, Dave, you know, people just like who they like regardless of being a face or a heel. But there's still that idea of uh, wanting their guy uh, to win. Uh, for me as a wrestling fan, I just want to see a kick-ass match. And I do think with Reigns and Cesaro, uh, with their styles, uh, you know, hard-hitting styles, uh, uh, you know, to me, I think, uh, you know, Cesaro is a guy that can bring out the best in Roman Reigns. I think Reigns has continually gotten better, uh, you know, in the ring and on the mic, but, uh, you know, in the ring. So I, I see – I'm looking forward to a really entertaining matchup, and I'll I'll be happy – with whoever comes out victorious, as long as um, it's a good matchup. And hopefully we get that traditional uh, win. Because, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if they've done a really good job, and we've, we've been bagging on creative for a lot of tonight's show, but they've done a really good job at rebuilding Roman Reigns and really bringing him up as, as a, a baby face and getting cheers and getting the crowd behind him. And it would be really disappointing if, you know, in, in one night in him beating Cesaro. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a guarantee, but in beating Cesaro, they kind of, uh, you know, ruin the, the headway that they're able to make uh, over the course of the rest of this year. So we'll see what happens. Again, I think it's going to be a very entertaining matchup as the uh, championship picture uh, starts to clear up. And let's go back out to the phones. We have Mikey, who has been on the line. Mikey, how are you doing this evening? Hey, good, guys. Just listen. Listening to everybody tonight give their opinion on wrestling and, and listen to you guys give your opinions. And, uh, I, you know, it's scary because, you know, Survivor Series is Sunday night. And when we were watching wrestling years ago, by at least October, we knew all the matches. We knew, you know, they, they told us all the matches. We knew by then who was going to wrestle whom and, uh, I also agree with your point about the heels. Big, big, um, big, big heel. Uh, you know, you know the the, the heels. Uh, and when I think of heels, I think of Triple H as a heel. I think of uh, I think of Chris Jericho as a heel. Ravishing Rick Rude as a heel, and um, Kevin Owens is a monster, monster heel. And Undertaker was a really good heel too. Even when he was a biker, I liked him as a heel. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think all those. I, I agree. With you. I think the Triple H, uh, you know, had a tremendous uh, grasp of, of the whole heel psychology, and, and I get it. Like nowadays, that you know, it's different, and the crowd is is going to like who they're going to like. Uh, however, you know, as a true heel, at least you have to be going for uh, the booze. You have to be going for uh, the crowd not to like you. Um, you know, and, and I do think that uh, you you don't see as good a heel work uh, out there because you, you have a lot of people that think they know psychology and they, but they kind of pander and you can tell it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of be bad, but I kind of want you to like me. So I'm going to, so it winds up being kind of an edgy face, which makes it really difficult for you to get behind a face. Because there's that whole dynamic. Like, you want to really hate the heel, so you love the face. And a lot of times the face is kind of vanilla, so you only like the face because you hate the heel so much. When the heel is kind of pandering, it kind of muddies the storyline and the storytelling and, and the psychology. It just uh, it kind of ruins it. Yeah, back in the day, even you know, Taker got the, the heel psychology. Um, but uh, to your point, yeah, I think Triple H was one of the best as far as really grasping 
that that heel psychology. And and today, yeah, Owens I think has got it. Uh, Rollins has done a nice job with being a, a true heel and getting the psychology. Um, but you know, it, it's uh, I don't know. I don't think it's as it doesn't occur with as much regularity as, as you'd like to see it, but you know, Macho Man just, was a great uh, heel. Macho Man was a great heel too. Well, that's just it. I mean, I think we grew up with a lot of guys that that got that heel psychology, that really understood it, and and I do think that there are people out there that use like psychology as like a punchline, and they really. I mean, you know, I don't get it fully. I mean, it, the the intricacies of of the psychology playing a heel. It, it, there's so much to it, and. Uh, you know, it's almost like the minute you say, oh, I get it, or I'm good at psychology, you don't, and you're, and you're lost, and you're done, you know? Like, because there's so, you can always learn. Um, but I yeah, agree. There's so many great independent um, wrestling people that are heels, too, like Andrew Anderson. He's a really good heel. Magic's a really great heel. Uh, you know, guys like Richie Rotten, great heel. Um, you know, just they just know how to be a heel. And that's the, you know, that's the name of the game. Steve Off was a great heel, too, at one time. He was really good at being a heel. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and different, uh, you know, different different walks of life, independent wrestling, pro wrestling, you know, heel is not a fun, a fun thing. I mean, you go back to Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan said in his book he got stabbed. Same thing, same thing with, um, what's his name, Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson said that they went out and broke Dusty Rhodes' uh, leg and then uh, in the ring and, uh, you know. Oh, by the way, speaking of Survivor Series, did you know, and everybody out there should know this, but I know Dave knows this, but Starcade was the original, it was the original date uh, was Thanksgiving until Vince McMahon decided to um, to put his bid in and uh, ultimately take them them over and then he got the Thanksgiving spot. I miss. I, I want Survivor Series back on like Thanksgiving. Just give me an excuse yeah, to, to leave leave early and, and I go watch wrestling. I told the story on last week's show. What happened? I told the story about that on last week's show on how um, WWF wanted to do another pay per view, a wrestling pay per view, and they went to the cable providers and the satellite mm-hmm. providers and pitched an idea, and they said no, and mainly because. They already had WrestleManias, and Jim Crockett already had Starcade, and it was at that time it to the rest of the television industry, it was un, even though it made money, it was unpopular to air professional wrestling and pay-per-views, and and television people just figured, okay, well this pro, this pro wrestling thing is going to be a, a a flash in the pan. It's never going to you know. It's just going to be a flash in the pan. It's not going to evolve and, 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 and move forward, and this will just go away someday. So Vince McMahon went to the t- cable subscribers and said, how about this? We'll give you, with the numbers that we did, they showed the cable subscribers the numbers that they did for WrestleMania three with Hogan and Andre, and they said, if we do a pay-per-view centered around Hogan and Andre in some form or fashion, would you do it? They agreed to do it, and then Vince even agreed, even got in the, got in the contract and agreed with most of the the pay-per-view providers to tell Jim Crockett promotions to go find another network to air their pay-per-view. So they were basically on this blackballed and that's how the survivor series became. Yeah. Supposedly I heard that, that Vince threatened to pull wrestling off of he the did. cable. 
Yeah. Well, he pulled. He pulled the threat. In the, he pulled to to not air the pay per view. Right. If he if they didn't if they didn't air if they decided to air Jim Crockett Promotions pay per view that night, he said we wouldn't do it. And he had that he had that that uh, that caveat of you know selling the selling point of Hogan and Andre and the numbers that they did for WrestleMania, and everybody saw what those numbers were, and they 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 took the bait, and. Uh, and that was that. Yeah, he threatened. He he did a lot of he did a lot of things to become successful. Yeah, I'm I, curious, I, uh, Mike. What, what are your thoughts, Mike, on who? How, how do you think this this tournament's going to play out? Who do you think is going to wind up winning it? Well, I oh man, I I I think Roman Reigns is a very good has a very good shot um, to win it. Uh, they picked him on the pre-show, so I think you know they were picking wrestlers. They picked Cesaro him. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think Roman Reigns has, has I don't know, long-term champion. I think maybe short-term. I mean, by like WrestleMania, we'll probably have a couple of champions by then, you know, maybe. I, I don't know. But I, I think Roman I think Roman Reigns, I'd like to see Roman Reigns versus Owens finals and, and, uh, and, have, and have Roman Reigns take it. Because, uh, you know, I, I mean, and people were like, how come McMahon don't like Cesaro? He don't get Cesaro. I don't know why, but McMahon he doesn't get Cesaro, and I, I get Cesaro. I like him. I liked him. You know, I, I like him now. I get him today. I think after he did his bit with with um, Tyson Kidd, I think him and Tyson and Natalia were very good together, and and I that's what I, that's what I I think. Um, also, before I forget too. Last time that we were on the phone, well, last time I called up, I was talking about the WWE 2K 2016 um, game. And I got to tell you, I love it. I play it every day. And there are so many features in this in, for PlayStation 3. You can do the Stone Cold Steve Austin um, storyline. You can do from, from uh, the King of the Ring, um, ECW with him and Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, Stone Cold Steve, Stunning Steve Austin, WCW. Um, they have him against Brian Pillman. You can wrestle with him against, you know, in the WWF as well. Him and Bret Hart, The Anvil, so many different wrestlers. There's so many different, you know, Ravager McRoots in here. Um, so many old school wrestlers. The Divas are in here. And um, this year, for the first time, well, first time, when you buy the season pass, there's a season pass, but you get a season pass with it. Um, it's like for like $24. You get a season pass with it. You get everything unlocked, and they have Hall of Famers. This year they're doing a new thing, and they're going to have, you could wrestle um, with the Hall of Famers. You know, the Bushwhackers versus the Natural, natural Disasters Flair um, is going to be wrestling too in it. So it's it's uh, it's an outrageous game. And and people out there should go get it. If you haven't played WWE two six two K sixteen, what are you waiting for? Go get it. Well, good stuff, Mike. Thanks for the review of the video game and uh good stuff as always and uh we'll talk to you hopefully uh pay per view pregame then. Hey, uh my family I have family that lives in Connecticut and we used to go we used to go up to New Hampshire to watch wrestling. And Killer Kowalski was up there one day and I asked him Who's the wrestler that I should look out for? And he pointed to Terra Rising. Huh. That's a cool story, man. Yeah. It's Terra definitely. Right, uh, 
Yep, take it easy, guys. Take it easy, brother. Talk to you soon. Uh, bye-bye. You know, good stuff, man. And, you know, just on the WWE Network, on the pregame, they just uh, they had uh, Cesaro on uh, via telephone. And uh, it was interesting because he was doing um, a lot of, you know, hard work and dedication and then blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm going to show everyone that this is going to pay off, just getting in there, doing my work. Uh, you know, Cesaro, a guy that, uh, you know, potentially we could see as a, you know, with all the with all the rumors of the front office and Vince McMahon and everyone uh, not liking Cesaro, when we talk about something coming out of the left field, uh, could we see a guy like Cesaro wind up being uh, the authorities' pick uh, in this tournament? Um, if he was in a different position in the bracket, if it, if it was Cesaro and Roman Reigns in the finals at Survivor Series, yes. I would have to agree with you. But in this situation, the second-round match against a guy who's a heavy favorite, I'd be shocked if Reigns loses tonight. Completely shocked. Yeah, and agreed. I mean, that's what we talk about with the WWE. It's rare that, that things happen uh, that completely shock us. And, uh, you know, I would be too. I would be too if uh, we, we get something uh, that completely shocks us. But, again, it's one of those things, man. It's like as a wrestling fan uh, – you know, I kind of hope there is. Um, you know, I like Reigns. I like Reigns a lot. If uh, something screwy happens and Cesaro wins, uh, I think that'd be awesome. It'd be something I, I did not see coming. Um, you know, it's uh, it's something again like with with pro wrestling. Sometimes things get a little too predictable, and uh, you know, you kind of lose that uh, that that uniqueness and that uh, you know surprise factor when. Uh, you know, things come out of left field. So uh, as, as we get this build going into Survivor Series, um, you know, hopefully uh, we get something out of left field, like you said, something different. But, uh, you know, again, I can't I can't get away from the fact that as I'm sitting here and I'm looking at, you know, and I got, I break up my, I have a nice big computer screen, so I have, like, different windows open. And, uh, you know, I always have when, we're, when a pay-per-view is coming up, I have, like, the... Uh, you know, all the matches up so I can reference them easily. And I just keep looking over and I just see, uh, you know, really one match fully booked. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, what do you think? I mean, are they just going to throw something together to give us a, a traditional Survivor Series match? Are we going to have something that makes any sense? I mean, I would think uh, tonight we'd get something. And, you know, it's unfortunate. It wouldn't shock me at all if whatever we get, that we get a traditional Survivor Series match in the pre-show. Um but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like I can't even think right now. Like, because the the Taker, uh, the Brothers of Destruction, Wyatt thing made the most sense for a traditional Survivor Series match. I don't even know where I'd go as far as speculating where that would come from. Um, I think it would be little instances of the tournament, guys that were involved in uh, matches um, that had lost and that had been previously involved with each other on TV. Um, you know, for instance, like. We could see, we could see like Cesaro captain a team because he's kind of started something with Stardust before this tournament started. So if you were to do like a Cesaro Neville Dolph Ziggler, maybe a Ryback part of a group against like Stardust, uh, maybe a Kevin Owens, uh, maybe a Del Rio, or maybe a, even a Miz, a Tyler Breeze too, you know kind of throw something like that together. 
Tony brought up a great idea, like about the earlier about the, the tag teams. You know, the, the, the first two Survivor Series, they had five tag teams as one team. It was a ten on ten match, twenty man, twenty men involved. Um, they don't have that many tag teams, but they at least have eight currently. If you want to count Sheamus and Barrett, even though they they haven't really tagged much lately, they've been associated with each other. You could do something where you do New Day, the Wyatts. Um, the Ascension and uh, Sheamus and Barrett against the Usos, the Dudleys, the primetime players, and the Lucha Dragons. But you figure that many guys in a match, that's going to take a lot of chunk of time on a pay-per-view. Do they want to do something like that? Um, so, I, I, like I said, I imagine that we'll see something thrown together tonight or even possibly Thursday on SmackDown. One, maybe two classic Survivor Series matches. Also, lately, Natalia has been kind of an island unto herself, fighting Team Bad all on her own. Uh, maybe she's uh, she enlists in some help, and you have a girls' traditional Survivor Series elimination match, uh, making it three, and then you kind of have three three of those matches, and then you round out the rest of the card with different kinds of matches. Who knows? I don't think it's going to go exactly like that, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go in that route with like one or two uh, Survivor Series matches. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I mean, good show tonight, by the way. <laughs> it's funny, you know, you prep for the show and you're looking at things like, wow, yeah, okay, there's uh, really, like, nothing booked on the pay-per-view. So, uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes, I, you know, I thought that might make it harder, but uh, maybe it made it a little, little bit easier because there's a lot you can speculate on um, when you don't have anything uh, booked for a pay-per-view. So, uh, interesting stuff, and hopefully... Uh, you know, I can't see how not the case that we'll get some clarification on what this card is going to be looking like uh, tonight on Monday Night Raw. So looking forward to uh, a lot of things happening tonight on Raw. Be sure to get on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. We'll be on there uh, doing our Raw chat throughout Monday Night Raw. Again, that's facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. All our callers tonight, you brought it. Thank you so much. Be sure to tune in. On Sunday night, 6 to 8 p.m., hopefully we'll have matches to talk about that night as we get you all set with the best comprehensive pregame for the pay-per-view. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you all for tuning in. See you Sunday. Good night, everybody.